What up, friends? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavere, a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Genius Foods. On this episode of the show, I'm super excited to talk about boobs with my good friend, Sarah Ann Stewart. Sarah's a health coach, a soon-to-be author, and she is very passionate about the topic of breast implant illness, which is affecting a growing number of women worldwide. About 400,000 women in the United States get breast implants every year, including 300,000 for cosmetic reasons and 100,000 for reconstruction after mastectomies performed to treat or prevent breast cancer. Worldwide, about 10 million women have breast implants. But there may be some unintended consequences of having a medical device, such as a breast implant, in your body for the long haul, and we are going to talk about that over the next hour. But before we get into the show, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of this episode of The Genius Life, and that is my good friends over at Perfect Keto. Perfect Keto makes a line of products that are designed to support your ketogenic lifestyle. They make protein powders ranging from collagen to whey. They have a number of very tasty and extremely low carb protein bars. They also make a number of exogenous ketone products. So whether or not you are a ketogenic veteran or just beginning to implement a ketogenic diet, their site not only is a tremendous resource for information on how to properly execute a ketogenic diet, but it also has a bunch of products that can make your journey potentially more effective and more fun. I personally am a big fan of their instant keto coffees, very good coffee um, that come in a mocha flavor, which I happen to particularly enjoy. And I do like their whey and their collagen protein powders, which um, integrate a little bit of MCT oil powder. Um, not going to kill you. And uh, I am a fan of protein powder for certain applications. So head over to perfectketo.com slash max20 or use promo code max20 and you will get to save a whopping 20% off of everything on their online store. Again, that's perfectketo.com slash max20 or promo code max20 and uh, have a field day trying out the products and saving that 20% off, which you can then apply towards, um, I don't know, picking up a copy of Genius Foods if you have not yet already. All right, guys, we are about to get into my conversation with Sarah and Stuart all about boobs, breasts, tatas, whatever you want to call them. I'm very excited and you should be too. Before we do, please take a moment to spread the word about The Genius Life by taking a screen grab and sharing it up on your Instagram stories. Leave that rating and review on iTunes. I would very, 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 very much appreciate it. Or join my newsletter at maxlugavere.com. Either of those three methods of supporting what I'm doing here at The Genius Life will only take you a few seconds, and I would really appreciate it. And they're all free. All right, guys, that's all I got. Let's rock. What's going on, Sarah Ann? <laughs> How you doing? Good. This is so cool. This is like a homecoming for you because you were one of the first guests on my podcast. This is amazing. I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited to be here. Actually, your podcast is still, I think, the first one that we did together was one of the top, has been one of the top listened ones. That's amazing. People just love you, Aww. which like is completely understandable. Aw, thank you. You're amazing. Um, but yeah, a lot's kind of happened in your life since the last time that you were on a lot of things lots and lots of things and lots of things i would love to dive into today so where do we begin man well there's something that i think you and i talk a lot about like in our texts mm -hmm. to one another because it's become of increasing importance to you mm -hmm. and that is breast implant illness yes so let's talk about boobs and breast implant illness yeah. this thing that was very uncommon a couple years ago and is taking the media and social media 
uh, it's become rapid fire. This, this, uh, these basically it's not a medical diagnosis, so I can't say it's an actual diagnosis, but breast implant illness. And so to kind of backtrack to where this began for me, um, in May of 2016, I was in Tulum during the middle of the night. I woke up, my heart was beating really fast and I started to develop these heart palpitations and I didn't know what was going on, but I knew it was something serious. And so over the course of two years, I developed a series array of very different symptoms that everything from memory loss to brain fog, to not being able to get out of bed, to chronic, chronic inflammation, to uh, rashes and acne and all of these things that were just being undiagnosed. I was going from doctor to doctor to doctor. They couldn't figure out. At a certain point, I had asked my doctor, several doctors, could it be my implants? And every single one of them said no. Um, and there came a point where I had to basically shut my business down. I was very, very sick. And I remember thinking, like, I'm going to die of this. Like, I do not know what to do. I have gone to the best doctors, the best functional integrative doctors. No one can figure this out. And I ended up going to a clinic in Beverly Hills. It's a it's based on a German um, German doctor, and there was a woman there. And after working with her for a series of, of about a year, she she said to me, you know, this is probably your implants. And I remember seeing a lot of women talking about their implants, talking about how they were getting sick from their implants, um, but. Even in those moments, I was in such denial from an ego, from a place of ego, like this can't be my implants, mm. right? Um, and I wasn't willing to accept it. And then finally, I was so sick. And I remember remember her looking at me and saying, if you, you can continue to use these things to cover up your sickness, or you can go across the street and get your implants out. Like you get to decide. And I think she, she had said that with such conviction because she had been working with me so long and she had basically ruled everything else out. Um, and at that point I made a decision to get my implants out. I found one of the best doctors for explant surgery and I started diving into other women's stories and there's women all over the world. You know, I've had thousands since telling my story, I've had thousands of women reach out to me about this specific topic. And I think it's something really important that we start looking at from a health perspective of what were we putting in our bodies, how it's impacting our health, how it's suppressing our immune system. Um, and making us sick. And so I didn't share my story right away. I know, you know, you had come to my <laughs> my weddings and you knew how sick I was and I was sharing it with you, but I wanted to make sure, like I wanted to make sure it was definitely the implant. So I've been waiting to share my story. I wanted to get the pathology reports back. I wanted to know from a science side of things that it was 100% my implants that were making sick. And now today I can honestly say that they were. Wow. What was it like at the beginning when you were going to those doctors and, and like, how did they perceive you just as like another hysterical woman? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the problem. And I think, you know, what's so beautiful now is there's this group of women on social media who are sharing this story and there's 75,000 women in just one group. Wow. And I even got a message. I got a voicemail from a woman I don't know in Africa this morning, South Africa. And she was like almost in tears, just sharing her story with me and saying, I'm so grateful that you shared your story. I'm creating, the, you know, there's a community of women down here that are having this conversation. So I think there's power in the numbers now, right? There's power in social media. And, you know, the FDA is finally relooking at this because of the thousands of complaints and because women are really, really standing in their power and saying, I take my implants out and I get better. Um, and th I think the doctors, and I don't blame the doctors, I just don't think that they are educated in breast implant illness. I don't think it's something that they go to, you know, when they think of all the medical diagnosis, 
and options for being sick, that it's not one of the first things on their top of their minds. So they're kind of ruling out all these things. But by the time they do that, for me, it was a couple of years later, I was so, so sick. Hmm. Um, and, and I remember like, again, like at my wedding, rashes all over my back, acne, bar- barely being able to enjoy my experiences because I, I was just suffering internally and suffering silently because I was like, I'm a health coach and I can't figure out my own, you know, my own health right now. Man, what kind of like demons were you dealing with when it, when you were trying to decide whether or not to go through with the, mm-hmm. the explant surgery? Because I mean, it's like, like what degree of certainty did you have before you decided to take that leap? Yeah. So that's one of the hardest things about breast implant illness is that it costs a lot of money, right? You have to find a really good doctor that's going to remove the entire tissue around the implant. And so not only is there a financial risk, there is the emotional risk. And I had to really face like, what would my life be without implants? And although I talk a lot about self-love and self-worth and all of these things, you're really confronted when you've had implants your whole life. And then all of a sudden you're going to have to get them out and all of a sudden things change and and I didn't want to go through putting them back in and I wanted to really move forward with getting better and so there was a lot of question right would I get better but for me looking at from a very functional medicine side holistic side putting a foreign object in your body is going to suppress your immune system right your body's going to fight it off that's what our bodies do best and so I'm like how knowing about holistic health and knowing about functional medicine, did I overlook this for myself? And I, I look back and I'm like, it was really my own subconscious blocks. It was my own ego. It was my own story that I couldn't be beautiful or worthy without them. And so I think we have to really get to a place in our culture and our media where we say, how are we, you know, the things that we're using to anti-age or to look more beautiful are actually going to shorten our life in the long run if we're not careful and we don't look at the consequences of these actions. Yeah. Why did you get breast implants? Yeah. So I sold my car when I was in my early 20s. I remember calling my father and it was like one of those moments of shame where I was like, I need, you know, I need some extra cash. And it was a place in my life where I was in my modeling career and I knew my modeling career was coming to an end. It's one of those careers you don't get better as you age. You actually get worse, <laughs> right? It's like this horrible it's experience, horrible. horrible. And I remember thinking, well, if I get implants, I can do more catalog work. It's going to extend the life of my career. I don't know what else I want to do. And so I made that, you know, I made that choice. And I, uh, and there was part of me that was always, always felt unworthy in my own body. And I thought it was something that would make me feel better about myself. And, and to, to say that I didn't like my implants would be lying. I did like having implants, but I recognized that it was an unworthy story that I was carrying around that actually prompted me to get them and to want to keep them in. And by doing the work and healing that wound, it supported me in really shifting, um, shifting my relationship with them and finally being okay with letting them go. And, and also looking at my relationship with other anti-aging you know, products and so forth. Yeah. I think it's important to, to note that a lot of the pressure to get implants is cultural Mm -hmm. and societal. It's not Mm -hmm. just like a a deficit of self. Right. Right. And of course, even of the, I was reading a New York times article about breast implant illness, 400,000 women every year get it done. 300,000 of them may be doing it for elective Mm -hmm. reasons, cosmetic reasons, but a hundred thousand of them, which is a very significant number, do it for reconstructive purposes, Mm -hmm. you know, for either the treatment or prevention of breast cancer. Right. So, I mean, this is like happening to a lot of women and, um, yeah, it's just, it's startling that only now people are starting to talk about the, the downside. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little terrifying too, that there wasn't 
you know, there wasn't enough studies done. The studies were very much um, c- controlled by the people behind the implants, right? And so th- it's it's kind of like we're the guinea pigs again, right? And we're finally seeing the consequences of the FDA putting silicone back on the market. And what was so interesting is I had an MRI done. My implants were completely intact. I was told by plastic surgeons that they were completely safe and still okay in my body. But then when I got my implants out, I had my doctor do a pathology report, which found I had a biofilm surrounding the implant. Hmm. Um, And then I also had a PACNA biofilm. And then I also had a um, foreign tissue, foreign material in my tissue, which means that my body was breaking down the implant and the parts of the implant were going into my body. So even though my implant was completely intact, Hmm. Only by doing a pathology report could we find that these two things were happening, causing my immu- the suppression of my immune system and causing autoimmune symptoms. So it's really interesting. There's a lot of gray area in terms of like, what are the studies being done that actually show the implications of, you know, what an implant does, was what a foreign object does, what a medical device does in our body. Um, I think that this research is going to be something that is we're going to see a lot more of, right? We're going to see people really taking a stance for recognizing the safety of these these medical devices and what, what they're actually doing to certain women. But just seeing like 75,000 women speak out and just horror stories of what they've gone through, I just have so much compassion and love for if, if someone you know or, you know, is going through something with their health because they have a medical device in their body. What is the safest method that you know of, of breast augmentation for people that do want to yeah. make their boobs bigger? Yeah. I, I get asked this every day. And what's so interesting is I always get asked like, how do they look now? And I'm like, I think the question that we need to start asking is how do you feel now? Right. So a lot of women are like, well, well what can I do for my health or what can I do to make myself look better? But I'm like, let's talk about your health. Let's talk about how you're feeling. Let's talk about the mental side of things. Um, and I don't have an answer to that because I don't have a safe method. There is the idea of fat, like the, the growing um, procedure of fat transfer. Fat transfer uses stem cells to make the fat grow. Um, there is risk in that if you have history of breast cancer and so forth. Again, not a lot of research, right? And so I'm looking at my life and saying, I want to live a long, healthy life. And I don't want to be part of the studies right to see if something works or doesn't work and so i've just completely opted out for for those choices but um it's it's again it's really hard i understand with reconstruction it's a different uh i i don't know what that would feel like so for me um i just i just recognize that i would hate for someone to go through that emotional experience and then have sickness on top of it because of the implant we're all just guinea pigs it's so scary. It's terrifying, right? Like, I just I just think back to, like, even the first time I got Botox, like, full transparency. And then I was like, does this, you know, not, just not even thinking that the Botox is moving through your body and reading the labels that there's, you know, a whole list of 100 different things that could go wrong and people are getting sick. And, you know, 2 to 10% of people getting Botox are having severe reactions to it. Jeez. And it's just like, we're, we're not we're quick to think what is the quickest, fastest way to anti-aging and beauty. We're not taking the time to look at what are the, you know, what are the side effects of using, you know, even makeup that is made from chemicals. It's, it's, it's really wild to me. And I have compassion and understanding because I've clearly have been through this. Yeah, clearly. I'm (laughs) kind of going through a a thing right now where I'm trying to decide, I still have um, metal fillings, Mm -hmm. like four mercury 
you know, amalgam fillings mm-hmm. in my mouth and they don't cause me any, you know, perceptible right. problem, but you know, it's the only part of my body that feels foreign. Right. It's like these fillings that I know they're in the, in the back of my mouth because they're like leaching mercury, mm-hmm. which we know they increase, you know, mm-hmm. the mercury vapors, increase levels of mercury in your blood. Um, and so now I'm like kind of debating whether or not I want to have this elective removal of the mercury right. fillings, which part of me is like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But you just never know right. to what degree these things are influencing your health. Right. And in my implants, what I found out was implants are made of heavy metals. And so there were several heavy metals that were literally like off the charts when I did a challenge. I did a heavy metals challenge and I couldn't figure out like where, where, why? Like, and then I recognized and I started studying about implants and I'm like, holy like this is insane like five of these metals are found in the implant no wonder they're like through the charts and you know now you know it's it's like a very un uh net like beautiful thing to talk about but i went through you know having to do suppositories every single night for like six months on and off every other week and like having to go get glutathione injections and ozone treatments and all of these things, right? And I'm in a fortunate position, and I, I'm speaking from a very much a place of privilege. And I know, it, and and I know that, you know, what I want to communicate is like this stuff is not cheap. And so, if you can prevent, you know, these complications, why why not? Like, it is not cheap to have to go and do these heavy metal challenges, and then pull all the heavy metals out, and then go get the ozone and all the things that I feel really saved my life. Um, it wasn't cheap and the explant surgery wasn't cheap. And so it was very easy for me when I was young to say, I'm going to sell my car and only think about the $6,000 right then in that transaction. But I never thought to myself, wow, down the road, I'm going to need X amount financial, you know, a, a financial amount to be able to pay for all these things to really get my life back. And so um, it's one of the things I hear every day and it just breaks my heart. And there were a lot of times I was like, how much more do I want to spend and how many more doctors do I want to go to? And I think it's just a question that we want to ask ourselves is like, do you want to do the prevention now or do you want to like pay the consequences? Right. And so my vote would be like, suck it up and get those mercury fillings out. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm nervous. I don't like dental procedures and I've had them for such a long time. But, oh my God. It also depends on your pathways, right? Because we all have different genetic mutations and we all can detox different amounts out. And that's, again, not everyone with implants will get breast implant illness. But based on your genetic mutations, um, like for me specifically, I had MTFR um, and some other different ones that my doctor at Infusio found. And so um, there was definitely, definitely I'm more at risk in terms of metal buildup and so forth. Wow. So if you're a female listening, you have breast implants, but you don't have any Mm -hmm. symptoms that you know of. Yeah. I mean, would you still recommend getting tests? Maybe even, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're not, are you saying like blanket, like everybody should get them out or? Yeah, that's a tough one. Again, like why fix something that's not broken, right? Most people are going to be thinking that. Um, I would be very conscious and start to recognize if you develop any symptoms because the symptoms kind of come on fast. If As a lot of the women that I've spoke to, they def- definitely come on fast. And I just believe, uh, and, and a doctor will tell you this, your implants are not meant to be for life. They're meant to be taken out. They're meant to be, you know, they don't last forever. And especially the saline, you basically have this 
you know, this implant that has water in it. And over time, it's this like laboratory for bacteria to grow. And a lot of those saline implants we're now seeing have mold in them. So there's just a lot of consequences of having them in. So everyone has their own path, their own journey, their own, you know, uh, experience with their health. And so I can never answer that for someone else, but I think it is important to watch your symptoms, to recognize that if you start to develop symptoms, it could be coming from that and that they can 100% in, uh, increase your likelihood of suppressing your immune system. Wow. And there's also links to v- different kinds of cancers. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. How has your life changed since having your, your breast implants taken out? It was amazing. Within like two weeks, I started to have my energy back. It was like, it was absolutely incredible. And then it's taken me about a year to really, really have all of my symptoms um, to get to a place where I I no longer have joint pain and hand, you know, my hands aren't tingling anymore. Um, That's that's insane. I know. It's, it's, It's like wild to me to even think about this time because I was also living in so much fear of it that I wasn't. I was, I was kind of like shoving it under the rug. Like I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like it was like something where I was, I almost didn't want to even accept how bad it got. Um, and I would know you and I have had that conversation many times while you were over where I was like, I don't know what's going on. You know, I just really, really hope that it's these implants. I really hope that once I get these out and there's, there was a time frame of getting them out and the whole emotional process of that. And so, you know. Again, never telling anyone not to do it, but also to really think about, like, are you willing to go through the consequences if it goes that way? Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, you were so, like, you're always in good spirits, but you seemed, like, sick. Yeah. And it, there was cognitive dissonance for me because, like, you, I see what you eat. Mm-hmm. You know, you exercise all the time. So I'm mm-hmm. like, why is this girl, you know, feeling so crappy all the time? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And that's what's so wild about it. It was like I had checked off every other box. Right. And I think that's what happens. A lot of girls will check off every other box and do everything else. And and then all of a sudden it's like, well, this is the last last resort. And so for me, um, I was able to take some time and do some healing and take three months off and really go through this process. And I'm so grateful. And now I have my life back, which has been so incredible. That's amazing. What? Um. What do you think it's going to take for doctors to adopt the notion that these quote unquote safe mm-hmm. uh, medical devices r- really, which is what they are, are potentially causing problems in people? Well, I think I definitely feel doctors are waking up. The FDA is definitely waking up. They just held a two day conference to really reevaluate oh, yeah. what has happened and how many women are now complaining. And the thing is, is like what you read in the mil- in the media is always a little skewed. They say there are 200 reports, but those are 200 different symptom reports. There were thousands of complaints for each of those reports. So women have been complaining about this for a very long time. What was the FDA listening or not? You know, I, I don't know. But but I think it's now that the FDA has actually admitted that they could be causing autoimmune, that doctors are waking up. And I think the real issue is what I'm finding is I don't have doctors to refer the women who are sick too, because it's like, well, what do you do? And there's not a procedure or protocol even in place yet. And so my hope is over the next, you know, year or two, we really find the solution to helping women heal from it. And then we also create, create a system where before a woman gets an implant, she at least has this knowledge. She at least goes and I didn't have a doctor say to me, 
my doctor said to me, the FDA has now cleared silicone in- implants again. These are the newest design. They're the best for looking. And within a couple of days, I was, you know, signing the <laughs> the form that I was, yeah. you know, and, and that was it. And but you're so saying it wasn't informed consent. There was no informed consent around these could cause autoimmune. These could cause symptoms. These could cause, you know, brain fog, memory loss, rashes, so forth, so forth, so forth. Um, and still today, it's not considered a medical diagnosis, which is really what I feel needs to shift. So I think those are the things that I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that functional and integrative doctors together work together to really figure out a protocol that helps heal you from this sickness. We learn more about biofilm and how to disrupt a biofilm because that's really what's causing people to get sick as well. It's basically this bacteria that adheres to the implant wow. and then antibiotics can't break, can't even break it down. And then it, as you begin to disrupt it, you actually get worse and you get sick. So I hope that there's systems and protocols in place for, for biofilm. And then I really hope that there's a waiver that people have to, or a, something that people have to sign or at least review that addresses the symptoms so that when women start to get sick, they know potentially what it is from. Hmm. Do you have any idea if insurance covers the explant surgery? So I have heard some insurances uh, will cover it if it's a capsule contraction where basically, um, or if it's severe enough, but my insurance didn't, didn't cover cover my MRI. Um, again, this is a, is a cosmetic procedure, but, but there's a, there's a word that goes with that, but basically, yes, this is a a cosmetic procedure. Um, and unless it's life threatening, I don't know specifically, but again, yes, a lot of people are fighting for that as well. But honestly, I made the choice. Yeah. Like, where are we taking responsibility for our choices. And that's why I've been asked, are you going to sue? Or are you going to go after anyone? And I'm like, this isn't about suing anyone. I made the choice to go into the doctor's office and put a piece of plastic in my body Yeah. and I'm paying the repercussions, but I want the knowledge out there that so people can make educated decisions. How can we each support one another to make better decisions and to maybe not uh, lead to I don't know. Like, I feel like what can, a, what can us men do yeah, yeah. <laughs> to help women feel less pressure to augment yeah. their boobs if it's purely like, and, but, and do women do it for guys or is it kind of like they do it for more for women, you know, or like yeah. putting the photos on Instagram? Like what can we each, what can we do? Yeah. This is such an important topic. And so I, when I decided to get my implants out, I was just in awe and floored by both the women that were supportive and the women who wrote me that said, I could never get my implants out. My husband gave me my implants for a Christmas present, or I could never get my implants out because, you know, how will I compete with the other women in LA or whatever the story was, there was always a story. And I'm like, guys, this is your health. Like this is your life. And I see this so often where we're just so cultured by media that we're, it's so ingrained in us and I don't blame anyone because it's from literally from our childhood on there is a story of you know always trying to be more beautiful and anti-aging and so forth but I think it's just continuing to have the conversation and I always recommend before you get your implants do the internal work because you're probably trying to solve you know an unworthiness story or a story of self-love or and and when you get the implants usually that story shifts and it usually 
moves to something else. So there might be insecurity around the implants and then you're like, okay, well now that I've made implants, I'm insecure because I don't have enough money or resources or the career or whatever. Our insecurities are always just moving from one thing to the next. And so, you know, from, for, for the guys listening, (laughs) um, I think, you know, I'm just like, I don't know, Max, such a, (laughs) I can't tell you. I'm like, what do I tell my best friend about like, you know? Well, it's just, you know, it's like on Instagram, big boobs get rewarded, right? So if you have big boobs and you put them up on your Instagram feed, you're going to get like lots of likes on those. So there's something I think hardwired in like the male psyche. And I would never, ever uh, recommend anybody to get breast implants. Like I'm not, you know, like... I just wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'd be lying if I said that I didn't appreciate <laughs> yeah, yeah. seeing like them yeah. on social media. So it's like Yeah, you have to think like who do we if if I were to ask you who do we consider the most beautiful women in the world? Yeah. And I would say 9 out of 10 men are going to say Victoria's Secret Angels, right? Because that has been considered the beauty standard. It's like if it's you're like platonic right, ideal, it's yeah. It's like that's that's and I think, you know, I think as men do the internal work themselves and let's say they have a porn addiction or addiction to Instagram or these images, they're going to see their own wounding patterns. And as much as that's probably a hard thing to hear, it's, it's true, right? It's like, we look at, we look at porn addiction and we know that it's, I, I don't know the studies, but, or the statistics, but you know, it's one of the leading causes of divorce. It's one of the leading causes of issues wow. with relationships and it, you know, it causes lack of self-worth and self-esteem and so forth. And so I would say it always starts with us. Right. And I think there's a responsibility of men as well to say, where is my wounding patterns coming from? What is that coming from my childhood? And, um, and that doesn't mean not liking a post, but it does mean standing and having discussions on this topic and really evaluating, evaluating the health and the, re- the again the repercussions of these choices. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like if you're with a guy who likes you only for your boobs, you're with the wrong guy. A hundred percent. Right, or you're yeah. like looking for your you know your standards are not high enough. Right, right, and it's and it all comes back to us again the worthiness component and and that's a lot of the work i do now is around shifting that story and shifting that relationship with self and um because i can tell you and and i know you know this as well it's like when you lose your health you lose everything yeah. and it doesn't matter you don't think when you're that sick you don't think you know oh wow i wish i had <laughs> half an inch off my hips like you're really like i right. just want to live i want to be healthy and so again, what are the consequences? And I think that as we continue to move forward, we're going to start to see that a lot of the things that have been deemed healthy, um, you know, I was just walking through the airport and I was talking to the guy about the x-rays that you walk through, right? And you get scanned and what I was talking to one of the, the workers and he was like, well, in other countries, these are, these are banned. And yet we're walking through them and getting scanned at airports and so forth. And in my head, I'm like, it, will this be one of those things? where we look back and we say, oh, we should have done some more research on the x-rays that we walk through where we get scanned. Should we have done more research on the things that we just say yes to without even thinking the consequences of our health? And how do we start having more of those conversations to empower each other, to make choices that isn't from a place of paranoia or worry or like everything is out to get us, but it's just 
the awareness and then how do we, I think, I think 5G is another one. Like we need to really start having a conversation around 5G and what that's going to do to our health as well. Yeah. I think we need to each think of ourselves as a castle, you know, like in a castle, you have a moat around (laughs) the castle and then you have a drawbridge Mm -hmm. and only the gatekeepers know what's going in and out of that drawbridge, right? They're very deliberate. Yeah. And I feel like we need to be like that. Mm -hmm. Like we need to be very deliberate and mindful about like the things that we're eating, about the things that we're slathering on our faces, on our skins, getting implanted into our boobs or butts or calves or whatever, Exactly. you know, because like these things, like the industry doesn't care, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just too many examples throughout history where a product or a chemical or a medicine or a supplement has been foisted on us only later to be revealed as being damaging to both us the environment you name it i mean we're still like inundated with parabens and phthalates and bisphenol a and bisphenol s Mm -hmm. and it's like literally somebody uh i had a an expert on endocrine disruptors on my podcast Mm -hmm. and she basically she used the term it's like a it's like a chemical it's a game of chemical Mm whack-a-mole where basically the minute the public becomes aware of this one thing you know it becomes a lynch mob and then industry basically pacifies the public by hiding that one chemical but then there's like another chemical that's like kind of similar but has a lot less research on it just around the corner or they rename it with something else <laughs> or like, you know, it's the same chemicals just renamed as something else. Like, I mean, I mean, we have to get smart. We yep. have to get smart with our health. And I just saw this thing on Facebook about Miralax and the dangers of Miralax and that there's a chemical in Miralax that is very similar to, or it's, it's also found in antifreeze. And now all these kids are getting sick and there's this whole group kind of, you know, of, of these parents who are recognizing their kids are sick. And I just, I just like saw that in my, I, my stomach sank and I was just holding the space of just like, wow, we, we have to wake up. Like, are these over the counter things, the pill popping of the Advil and the Tylenol and the ibuprofen, like, are these the consequences that we're seeing with chronic sickness, not starting at 60 or 70 anymore? Like we're seeing 20 year olds, 30 year olds, 40 year olds sick what, and children. And like, what are the reasons? And not to get into a place of fear, but just a place of awareness of like, how can we make more choices? And these choices take effort, right? Like it takes more effort to, to use glass bottles than just go buy a plastic bottle, but we have to do it. I think it's really important. Super important. Oh my God. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're such a, you're such a light. I am so grateful to be able to share on your platform. And, you know, if anyone is going through this with any sort of medical device, I just recommend research, research, research. You know, it's not just about breast implants. I mean, we, we, um, saw the movie bleeding Bleeding edge, bleeding edge. Yeah. Bleeding, bleeding edge. Um, and we're seeing this in, tons of different medical devices is not just implants so i think it's something we all need to become aware of you guys should check that out if you haven't um seen the documentary it's on netflix it's called bleeding edge it's about the medical devices industry it is terrifying mm-hmm. it's scary yeah but it's you know it, t- it it sometimes takes that documentary or that to to wake us up right sure it's Im- it's important work so. what else what else are you uh focused on these days I am working on my podcast, nice. which you'll be on soon. Um, I just turned in my book to Hay House on simple mindset shifts around healing your relationship with food and your body, which tells the story and, and many other ones. And so just lead in the health train. Oh, my you God. I love it. I'm so excited for your book to come out and for you to rise up 
and become the leader (laughs) you already are i mean such a leader but it's like you're you're amazing thank you so much yeah thank you for this and um yeah if anyone has any questions dm me here to support yeah where can listeners find you um online sarah s-a-r-a-h-a-n-n-e stewart s-t-e-w-a-r-t sarah and stewart.com all right sarah last question um that gets asked everybody on this podcast actually i don't know if i was doing this when you no. were first on what's this last this question last, oh my god it's a, it's a toughie what what does it mean to you uh-huh. to live a genius life Oh, man, Max, how did you spring this at me? I thought we were done. (laughs) I think it's what we were talking about today is just becoming aware. It's becoming aware of our decisions, our actions, how we relate to others, how we relate to our environment, Um, because we we are the only ones that can actually take responsibility for our health, right? We're, you know, I think there's so much what I see in my practice is all this blame, blame on the food industry, blame on the other health coaches, blame on this expert, but you know, it's, it's our responsibility to take control. And so, um, and really empower ourselves and to not feel bad about our choices that we made in the past, but just to step in every day, making new, healthier, aware decisions. Jesus. I love that. It's so true. Like have some accountability. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's not helpful to point fingers. No, I mean, even with these doctors, I, I, there was a moment where I was like, how did these doctors not catch this? And I'm like, of course they didn't catch it. You know, th- they haven't been educated on this. Yeah, I can't and they're blame human them. Too. They're human. Yeah. This isn't an AI, you know, computer trying to solve my problems. This is, these are humans doing the best they can running functional medicine practices that aren't aware of breast implant illness. I can't blame them. And the longer that I blame them and hold that story in my body, the more that I just have resent and guilt and, and create more pain for myself. So I can, I can feel grateful now that I know the answer and step into that, but I can't blame them. I can't blame my plastic surgeon. I can't blame any, I can't even blame the FDA because I don't know who's behind that. All I can say is, you know, there are definitely systems in place that keep us sick, but if I continue to blame them and not hold myself accountable, then I'm, I'm, creating actions within myself that validate that blame and so every day I get to wake up and I get to make a choice I get to make choices all day long every single day and I get to continue to do my best to live as long as possible (laughs) that's it (laughs) you're amazing what are there any um resources for listeners Mm -hmm. that might be concerned you mentioned a Facebook group. How, yeah. can, how can people find that? Yeah. So you can literally just type into Facebook, um, breast implant illness healing by Nicole. Nicole was one of this w- woman was one of the first people to have it and really was one of the first advocates. There's so much information online now. It's really becoming this huge mainstream topic. And so I recommend just Googling and doing your research and doing your research. And every time you think you have the answer, more research <laughs> yeah i love that and also you're an amazing resource for people too they can find you on yeah, instagram so you, yeah. send you a dm yeah you respond to messages all of them all of them yeah i love that all right sarah you are the best i love you so much love you. and to all you guys out there listening in podcast bleh, podcast land. land thank you guys so much i value your time and attention and i will catch you on the next episode peace